Hello, wild wanderers, and welcome to our wicked window of the internet. Won't you pour yourself a cup of your best tea, light a candle to stave away the darkness, and cozy up as we tell you a story? Wittershins is a weekly podcast where we will dive into dusty bookshelves and winding darkened pathways looking to stories from folklore, fairy tales, mythology, legend, and beyond. We are accompanied by our trusted bard and guitarist Joe Saborin, who will be live composing for us as our characters find their way out of the thickets and snarls of their tales. My name is Ashley Nunez, and I will be your narrator to peer over bough and branch, following our heroes and foes into far distant lands, both familiar and unknown. Let us begin once upon a time. The Juniper Tree by the Brothers Grimm. It is a long time ago now, as much as 2,000 years maybe, that there was a rich man, and he had a wife, and she was beautiful and good, and they loved each other very much, but they had no children, even though they wanted some so much. The wife prayed and prayed for one both day and night, and still they did not, and they did not get one. In front of their house was a yard, and in the yard stood a juniper tree. Once in wintertime, the woman stood under the tree and peeled herself an apple, and as she was peeling the apple, she cut her finger, and the blood fell onto the snow. Ah, said the woman, and sighed a deep sigh, and she looked at the blood before her, and her heart ached. If only I had a child as red as blood and as white as snow. And as she said it, it made her feel very happy as if it was really going to happen. And so she went into the house, and a month went by, and the snow was gone, and two months, and everything was green, and three months, and the flowers came up out of the ground, and four months, and all the trees and the woods sprouted, and the green branches grew dense and tangled with one another, and the little birds sang so in the woods echoed. And the blossoms fell from the trees, and so five months were gone. And she stood under the juniper tree, and it smelled so sweet her heart leaped. And she fell on her knees and was beside herself with happiness. And when six months had gone by, the fruit grew round and heavy, and she was very still. And seven months, and she snatched the juniper berries and ate them so greedily she became sad and ill. And so the eighth month went by, and she called her husband and cried and said, When I die, bury me under the juniper. And she was comforted and felt happy, but when the nine months were gone, she had a child as white as snow and as red as blood, and when she saw it, she was so happy that she died. And so her husband buried her under the juniper tree and began to cry, and cried very bitterly. And then for a time, he cried more gently, and when he had cried some more, he stopped crying, and more time passed, and he took himself another wife. By the second wife, he had a daughter, but the child of his first wife was a little son as red as blood and as white as snow. Now, when the woman looked at her daughter, she loved her so, but looking at the little boy cut her to the heart. 
It seemed that wherever he was standing, he was always in her way. And then she kept wondering how to get the whole fortune just for her daughter. And the evil one got into her so that she began to hate the little boy and would push him around from one corner to the other and punch him here and pinch him so that the poor child was always in a fright. When he came home from school, there was no quiet place where he could be. Once the woman had gone upstairs and her little daughter came up too and said, Mother, can I have an apple? Yes, my child, said the woman and gave her a beautiful apple out of the chest. Now the chest had a great heavy lid with a sharp iron lock. Mother, said the little daughter, couldn't brother have one too? This upset the woman, but she said he can have one when he gets back. And she looked out the window, and she saw him coming, and it was just as if the devil had gotten into her. And she reached out, snatched the apple out of her daughter's hand, and said, You can't have one till your brother has one. And she threw the apple back into the chest and closed the lid, and then the little boy came into the door, and the evil one made her speak kindly to him. And she said, My son, would you like an apple? And he looked at him full of hatred. Mother said the little boy. How strange and wild you look. Please give me an apple. And it was as if she must draw him on, and she said, Come with me, and lift up the lid. You can pick one out yourself. And as the little boy leaned in, the evil one spoke in her ear, Crunch! She slammed the lid down on that head flew off and rolled among the red apples. And now terror overwhelmed her, and she thought, how can I get myself out of this? And so she went up to her room, to her wardrobe, and out of the top drawer she took a white cloth and set the head back on the neck and tied the scarf around it in such a way that you couldn't see anything and set him on the chair in front of the door and put an apple in his hand. And little Anne-Marie came into the kitchen where her mother was standing by the fire with a pot of hot water in front of her, and she kept stirring around and around. Mother, said Anne-Marie, brother's sitting in front of the door. He looks so white and has an apple in his hand. I asked him to get me an apple, but he wouldn't answer me, and he, it made my flesh creep. Go back out, said the mother. And if he won't answer you, give him a box on the ears. And so Anne-Marie went out and said, Brother, give me your apple. But he said nothing. And so she boxed his ears and his head fell off and she was horror-stricken and began to cry and to scream and ran to her mother and said, Oh, mother, I've hit my brother and knocked off his head and cried and cried and could not stop. Anne-Marie, said the mother, what have you done? But, but you just keep quiet and no one will know. And after that, it, it can't be helped now. We will stew him in a sour broth. And so the mother took the little boy and hacked him in pieces and put the pieces in the pot and stewed him in the sour broth. But Anne-Marie stood by and cried and cried. And the tears fell in the pot so that it didn't need any salt. When the father came home, he sat down to supper and said, And where is my son? And so the mother brought a big dish of black stew and Anne-Marie cried and couldn't stop crying. And the father said, Where is my son? Oh, said the mother, it, he, he's gone on a trip. He went to his mother's great uncle and wants to stay there for a while. What's he going to do there and never even said goodbye to me? Oh, he wanted so much to go. He asked me if he could stay six weeks. They'll take good care of him there. Ah, said the man. Why am I feeling so sad? 
It doesn't seem right somehow. He might at least have come home and said goodbye to me. With that, he began to eat and said, Anne-Marie, why are you crying for? You, you'll see your brother back soon. And then he said, Ah, oh, wife, what good food this is. Give me some more. And the more he ate, the more he wanted and said, Give me more. You can't have any of it. It's as if this were all for me. And he ate and ate and threw the bones under the table and finished it all up. But Anne-Marie went to her chest of drawers, took her best silk scarf out of the bottom drawer and fetched every little last bone from under the table and tied them in the silk cloth and carried them outside, weeping tears of blood. Then she sat them under the juniper tree in the green grass and as soon as she had laid them there, she felt so much better and didn't cry anymore. But the juniper tree began to stir and the branches kept opening up and coming back together just like someone who was really happy and goes like this with his hands. And then there was a sort of mist coming out of the tree and right in the mist it burned like fire and out of the fire flew this lovely bird and sang, oh, so gloriously sweet and flew high into the air and when it was gone the juniper tree was just the way it had always been. And the cloth with the bones was gone. But Anne-Marie felt so light of heart and so gay, just as if her brother were still alive. And so she went back into the house and was happy and sat down at the table and ate. But the bird flew away and sat down on the roof of the goldsmith's house and began to sing. My mother, she butchered me. My father, he ate me. My little sister, Anne-Marie, she gathered up the bones of me and tied them in the silken cloth to lay under the juniper. Twee-twee, what a pretty bird am I. The goldsmith was sitting in his workshop, making a golden chain, and when he heard that bird, he sat up on the roof and sang, and it seemed so beautiful to him. He got up, and as he was walking across the doorway, he lost one of his slippers, but he kept walking right out onto the middle of the street with one slipper and one stocking foot. He had just his apron tied around his middle, and in one hand he had the golden chain, and in the other, the pliers. And the sun shone so brightly into the street. And he just stood there and looked at the bird. Bird, said he, how beautifully you sing. Sing, sing that piece again. No said the bird. The second time, I don't sing for nothing. Give me the golden chain, and I'll sing it again. Here, said the goldsmith, take the golden chain, now sing it again. And so the bird came, took the golden chain in its right claw, sat in front of the goldsmith, and sang, My mother, she butchered me, my father, he ate me, my sister, little Anne-Marie, she gathered up the bones of me and tied them in the silken cloth to lay under the juniper. Twee-twee, what a pretty bird am I. And so the bird flew off to the cobblers and sat down on the roof and sang, My mother, she butchered me, my father, he ate me, my sister, little Anne-Marie, she gathered up the bones of me and tied them in a silken cloth to lay under the juniper. Twee-twee, what a pretty bird am I. The cobbler heard it and ran out of the door in his shirt sleeves and looked up at the roof and had to hold his hand over his eyes so the sun would not blind him. Bird, said he, how, how beautifully you sing. And he called in through the door, wife, wife, come out here for a moment. There's a bird here. Look at this bird and how it can sing. And then he called his daughter and the children and the servants, 
the apprentice and the maid, and they all came to the street and saw the bird, how pretty it was, and had such red feathers and green feathers and round its neck. It was like pure gold, and its eyes glittered, and its head like stars. Bird, said the cobbler, sing that piece again. No, said the bird, the second time, I don't sing for nothing. You have to give me a present. Wife, said the man, go... Go to the attic. Up on the top shelf is a pair of red shoes. Bring them down. And so the wife went up and got the shoes. Here, bird, said the man. Now sing that piece again. And so the bird came down, took the shoes in its left claw, and flew back up on the roof and sang, My mother, she butchered me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Anne-Marie, she gathered up the bones of me and tied them in a silken cloth to lay under the juniper. Twee-twee, what a pretty bird am I. And when it had finished singing, it flew away. It held the chain in its right claw and the shoe in its left and flew away to a mill. And the mill went clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. And in the door of the mill sat 20 of the miller's men hewing a new millstone. And they chop, chip, chop, chip, chop, chip, chop. And the mill went clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. And so the bird went and sat on the linden tree that stood in front of the mill and sang, My mother, she butchered me. And one of them stopped. My father, he ate me. Two more of them stopped to listen. My sister, little Anne-Marie, and four more stopped. She gathered up the bones of me, tied them in a silken cloth, and now there were only eight still chopping. To lay, now only five. Under the juniper, now only one. Twee-twee, what a pretty bird am I. And so the last one stopped too, and he had only heard the last part. Bird said he, how beautifully you sing. I want to hear it too. Sing it again. No, said the bird, the second time. I don't sing for nothing. Give, give me the millstone, and I'll sing it again. Yes, said he, if it belonged to me alone, you could have it. Yes, said the others, if he sings it again, he can have it. And so the bird came down, and the millers, all twenty of them, set to beam to and rise, raised up the stone. Heave ho hup, heave ho hup, heave ho hup. And the bird stuck its neck through the hole and pulled as if it were a collar and flew back to the tree and sang... My mother, she butchered me. My father, he ate me. My sister, little Anne-Marie, she gathered up the bones of me and tied them in a silken cloth to lay under the juniper. Twee-twee, what a pretty bird am I. And when it had finished singing, it spread its wings, and in the right clock carried the chain, and then the shoes in the left, and around the neck it wore the millstone and flew all the way back to its father's house. Inside, the father, the mother, and Anne-Marie were sitting at the table, and the father said, Ah, suddenly, my heart feels so easy. Why do I feel so wonderfully good? No, said the mother, I'm just so frightened as if there was a great storm coming. But Anne-Marie sat and cried and cried, and right then the bird came flying along as it sat down on the roof. The father said, how happy I'm feeling, and outside the sun is shining so brightly, it's just as if I were going to meet an old friend. No, said the wife, I'm, I'm so frightened. My teeth are chattering, and it's as if I had a fire in my veins, and she tore at her bodice to loosen it. But Anne-Marie sat in the corner crying and held her plate in front of her eyes and cried so hard she was getting it wet and messy. And so the bird sat in the juniper tree and sang, My mother, she butchered me. And so then the mother stopped up her ears and squeezed her eyes shut and did not want to see or hear, but in her ears it roared like the wildest of storms, and her eyes burned and twitched like lightning. My father, he ate me. 
Ah, mother, said the man, what a pretty bird and how sweetly it sings. The sun's so warm and everything smells like cinnamon. My sister, little Anne-Marie, and Anne-Marie laid her head on her knees and just kept crying and crying, but the man said, I'm going outside. I must see the bird up close. Don't go, said the woman. I feel as if the whole house were trembling and in flames, but the man went outside and looked at the bird. She gathered up the bones of me and tied them in a silken cloth to lay under the juniper. Tweet, tweet, what a pretty bird am I. With this, the bird let the golden chain fall, and it fell right around the man's neck and looked so well on him. And he went inside and said, look at the pretty bird, what a pretty golden chain it gave me for a present and how pretty it is to look at. But the woman was so frightened she felt full length on the floor and the cap fell off her head and still the bird sang my mother she butchered me i wish i were a thousand miles under the earth so that i wouldn't have to hear it my father he ate me and the woman lay there as if she were dead my sister little Anne marie ah said Anne marie i'm going out too to see if the bird has a present for me and so she went out she gathered up the bones of me and tied them in a silken cloth, and here it threw down the shoes to her, to lay under the juniper, twee-twee, what a pretty bird am I. And she felt so light-hearted and gay, she put out the new red shoes and came dancing and skipping into the house, ah, said she, I was so sad when I went outside and now I feel so much better. What a wonderful bird it is. It gave me a pair of red shoes for a present. No, said the woman, and she jumped up and her hair stood straight on end like flaming fire. It's as if the world were coming to an end. I'm going out and maybe I'll feel better too. And as she came out of the door, crunch! The bird threw the millstone on her head and she was squashed. The father and Anne-Marie heard it and came out. There was steam and flames of fire rising from the spot. And when they were gone, there stood the little brother. And he took his father's hand and Anne-Marie, and the three of them were so happy, and went into the house and sat down at the table and ate their supper. Wittershins is created by Ashley Nunez of Old Growth Alchemy and folk musician Joe Saborin in the presence of their curious cat Django, a few too many half-drunk cups of tea, and far too many begrudgingly half-completed art projects. If you'd like to follow along Joe and his musical machinations, you can find him at Joe Saborin Music on Facebook and Instagram, or joesaborin.com. For more glimpses into the wild woods of story, botanical libations, and central ephemera, you can find me, Ashley, at Old Growth Alchemy on Facebook and Instagram, or at oldgrowthalchemy.com. Or you can become patrons to us both on Patreon. Until next time, friends new and old, we'll be sure to keep the kettle on with a seat open for you by the fire.